I was thinking this, Chris. Yeah. <laughs> but I started thinking about like if humans actually had tails. What? Like if we had <laughs> if we had tails, yeah, that would be a big problem. Chair, well, like sitting would just be so difficult. I was I, just thinking about the logistics behind it. I mean, I imagine if we had evolved with like tails, we would have our society would have right changed so like our chairs would not be the chairs that we have right now right right like they would have to be like some sort of like i mean they'd be the same function we'd like probably there's probably a lot more stools you know i didn't think about that but i mean i was thinking about like driving with the tail and it's like yeah like i don't know how you would <laughs> I, yeah i don't know like, yeah that one's a tough one right like you just have to be segways lots of segways <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you just have to have it trailing out the back of you and like, we, like we behind be the seat. And... A fully motorcycle-based society. Yeah, but then you can only have one person per bike. Yeah, well, sidecars. Si- okay, yeah, I could see... I like could standing s- sidecars. Sidecars. Sta- okay, yeah, that that would make sense. This is to say, otherwise, like, the kids would just be stomping on your tail. Yeah. Unless it was, like, completely prehensile yeah. and, and, like, you could wrap it around you like the Saiyans, but... <laughs> it always know. comes back to Dragon Ball. It, it always does. <laughs> Welcome to Creature Crunch, the show where we take a monster, adopt it as our son, and then make it fight other monsters for our amusement. My name is Matt. And I really like cats, pancakes, and cigars. And um, today, we are continuing the Mayelmo del Toro truck. We're just going to drive that thing down the highway some more. Um, <laughs> and uh, we're, we're going to take a quick pit stop at Chris Land. Chris! <laughs> just chucking this over to me, huh? Well, it was your episode. Yeah, it was, but man, <laughs> you just kind of launched it at me. I drove a truck at you. A trash truck. <laughs> um, so yeah, we're doing uh, the 2004 Hellboy. Um, this was a passion project for uh, Del Toro. He really liked the uh, Mike Magnola comics um, and really wanted to adapt them. So getting to do this was like a huge, huge thing for him. Oh, I was wondering how that kind of came about. Yeah, no, so. like, you'd think it was just like they, the studio approached him and was like, hey, do you want to direct this weirdo comic book movie? Right. But no, he was like a huge fan of the comics. Okay. Um, him and Magnola kind of became friends throughout this. Magnola's done, like, uh, work for his, some of his other movies. Like, not, like, actual, like, like pre-production work and sure, concept sure. art and stuff like that. So that's cool. Um, I guess during a, a pre-production lunch on this movie, uh, Del Toro and Magnola... We're like trying to decide, like who their favorite person to play Hellboy would be. So they're like, okay, on the count of three, we'll each take a napkin and write down our top pick on it. <laughs> and they both wrote down uh, Ron Perlman. <laughs> That's incredible. Yeah, yeah. So they're like, okay, I guess we know who's, who's doing this. That's pretty good. I appreciate um, that. The studios didn't want Ron Perlman to to be the lead. They wanted uh, someone with a bit more cash. Sure. Like movie cash. Yeah. So their top two picks were. Vin Diesel and Dwayne Johnson. Oh, wow. Which would... That would have been a very different movie. Yeah, I can't imagine either of those two guys. Like, Vin Diesel's, like, doesn't have the even close to the correct look for it. And he's way too, like, subdued. And Dwayne Johnson is, like, I don't know, maybe he could have done it. I don't know. It, of the two, I, like, I he think, would have been better. I but... think either one of them could have pulled it off. Yeah. But it would have been a very different movie. Yeah, but no, Ron Perlman is like... The perfect... The perfect Hellboy. He's got the jaw for it. Yeah, he does. He's got that big stone jaw. No, he he does. He, he's really good. And and is this... 
Correct me if I'm wrong, but is this uh, Del Toro's like first major like Hollywood movie? Uh, I think so. Because like, I'm not 100 percent certain on that, but I, I believe it it was like, I mean, he'd done Mimic before that, and that was a studio film. That's fair. That's fair. But 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 I mean, this one is very much a different feel than Mimic. Like oh, for sure, for like, sure. I mean, Mimic I didn't know about until, what, a few months ago? Yeah, yeah. Whereas Hellboy I've known about since and it, it first dropped. So It's weird. We think of it as being a huge movie. And, like, it, it was very critically acclaimed at the time. still is. But it didn't, like, make back its budget domestically. Oh, tragedy. Yeah, it, it did when it released internationally. It got back its budget. But, I mean, you think it was, it was huge in, in the States. And it wasn't. Like, it did not do great. That's too bad. I mean, it did well enough for them to have greenlit a sequel. Yeah, clear, clearly, yeah. I mean, and that one I think did do a lot better. But um, like this, this was such a passion project for Del Toro that he picked doing this over two other bigger movies: Alien versus Predator. Oh, what? Wait, wait a minute. There's there's yeah. a universe out there where Del Toro did an alien AVP movie. Yeah. Shit, I want to peek at that universe. I know, right? <laughs> and the uh, third Harry Potter movie. What? <laughs> That's wow. Yeah. Well, I mean, opinions. Okay. Isn't that crazy? That's insane. And like those are those would have been two much bigger movies than this. And he's like, no, I want to do this cool comic book movie that I've loved since I read the comics. That's that's very Del Toro, though. It really is. In terms of like an adaptation of the comics. Like this, it's a mixture of three different arcs from the Hellboy comics, and it doesn't quite land any of them. Like it, it's very much its own story. It takes sure. a lot of inspiration from those three arcs, but it doesn't. It doesn't directly. Adapt it doesn't them. retell any yeah. of them. Sure. The the more recent Hellboy movie is a more direct adaptation, but it's not nearly as well regarded as this one. Okay. The David Harbor one, which I actually haven't seen, and I, neither I, have I. I've I've heard. Not great things. Yeah, I still kind of want to watch it just because I do love Hellboy a lot. But yeah, like I I, I know I've seen this movie a long time ago, but mm -hmm. I remembered so little about it. So this was pretty fresh for me to watch through. Yeah. Um, and same thing goes with the second one. Um, mm -hmm. and as such, I didn't really have any kind of affinity for it. So seeing the uh, the the remake was not really high on my to do right. list. Yeah. Where I, I love the comics, so like, sure, I, I do kind of want to see the the new one just for seeing its sake. But yeah, I haven't yet. So maybe we'll do that for a future episode. Yeah, I mean, like most likely. Uh, we open with a quote from uh, Desvarmin Mysteries, which is some sort of crazy magic book of some kind. <laughs> uh, in the coldest regions of space, the monstrous entities Ugdu Jihad. The seven gods of chaos slumber in their crystal prison, waiting to reclaim Earth and burn the heavens. Yeah. So we are already getting like a lot of the mythology of the Hellboy universe here. With yeah, it just kind of throws it at you. Yeah, right yeah. Away. I mean, it's very much based off of Lovecraft stuff, only like less horrifically racist. Uh, so that's good. D I appreciate sure, that. Sure, sure. Um, and I'm I'm cool with giant. Eldritchian horror monsters. Yeah, yeah. And space monsters. I'm okay with that. Yeah. So. But we cut to Scotland, 1944, uh, where a scientist uh, is with 
the U.S. Army attempting to stop a Nazi ritual. Uh, the scientist is Broom, uh, who will eventually be played by John Hurt. Pour mm-hmm. one out for him. Yeah, and I have to say that like he has his opening narration mm-hmm. that has some wild statements in it. It like... really does. The Nazis were desperate. Combining science and black magic, they intended to upset the balance of the war. Yeah. <laughs> wait, 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 hold on. Let me dissect that, and then he hits you with immediately... I was 28, already a paranormal advisor to President Roosevelt. What? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wait, what? No, hold on. There's a lot going on there. Yeah. Um, but I mean, like, the Nazis trying to do paranormal research and, like, change the course of the war is a common trope. Right, like, we right. We see that in a lot of different stuff. We see that in Wolfenstein and a bunch of older movies. And I mean, the Fool Society was a real thing. It was bullshit but it was a real thing right right with a lot of these types of media uh you get a lot of nazi super science going on right yeah yeah there's a lot of magitech in this scene like a lot of (laughs) magical science shit yeah but uh yeah the uh army that broom has been like stationed with doesn't really believe that there's anything supernatural going on they just think it's a job they just think it's a job yeah and uh like Broom tells the commander, like, uh, you'll, you know, you probably think I'm crazy. And he's like, oh, no, that happened two days ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'd never even heard of the word uh, parabnormal. parabnormal. <laughs> Hell, a week ago, I never even heard the word parabnormal. Paranormal. But it turns out that, oops, there are Nazis and oops, they're doing crazy magic science. So, yep. oops, oops, oops. Opening portals to hell space dimensions. Hanging out with Gregory Rasputin, who was supposed to have died like 30 years ago. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's a lot going on here. <laughs> and the leader and the leader guy is some sort of gimp Nazi robot. Yeah, guy in a gas mask. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like mummy. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know. <laughs> He's got a lot going on there, too. Uh, Rasputin's right-hand woman is, like, labeled as, or called Ilsa. I thought maybe she was supposed to be a reference to uh, Ilsa She-Wolf of the SS, which is a series of, uh, like, exploitation movies from the 70s and I think up into the 80s about, like, evil German woman is sexy but does monstrous things but is sexy. But she's okay, not. That, that's not, it's just a coincidence. It's, she's <laughs> just called Ilsa. Okay, sure, sure. Yeah, she's not the same Ilsa. Yeah. But yeah, uh, the Nazis are working with... Uh, Gregory Rasputin to summon the Chaos Gods and take over the world. Of course. Yeah, of course. Um, Gregory has, like, this powered gauntlet that he uses to turn on the portal. And as soon as that portal opens up, like, Broom is like, oh shit, like, it's, we're too late, we gotta stop yeah, this shit right it's, now. it's happening right now. <laughs> so, uh, they start lobbing grenades at him, and we, there's a big ol' attack sequence, and... We get a Wilhelm scream. We get a Wilhelm scream as the Nazi is not launched into the portal and melts. Yep. Which is a problem for him. And uh, the aforementioned Nazi commander in a gimp mask is uh, Kronen. And uh, he is terrifying. <laughs> yes, he is. He's... Alright. I like, mean... Like, that's all there is to it, is that man is scary. Well, he's uh, definitely got that, like, mysterious... Sinister... Like, sinister mysterious... Something. Yeah, he's, like, almost completely silent. And yeah. he's got knives on his hands. And seems to be bulletproof. Uh, Broom is injured and tries to crawl away. Uh, Cronin just massacres the, uh, the U.S. soldiers. And then, uh, Broom long lobs a grenade into the portal, disrupting it. With the longest freaking timer ever. Like, that grenade goes for a while. It really does. And sending, uh, Cronin flying. 
Rasputin is pulled into the collapsing portal. So it seems like their mission was a success, but Broom says that the portal was open too long and something may have come through. through all, during all of that chaos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Probably some sort of eldritch monster or some sort of like space demon or or like a like a, a ghosty thing that's ghosty gonna thing. just like, I don't know like a like a yeah like a ghosty thing. Okay, a ghosty thing that's gonna possess. Stop saying ghosty thing. And it's going to murder everybody. Broom recounts uh, Rasputin's historical death and all of the crazy bullshit that happened to him before he he historically died. Yeah, castration was one of them. Oh yeah, yeah, that happened. Uh, there was, like, like a sect of one of the Russian churches that had uh, Rasputin's penis as a reliquary. <laughs> so, oh. yeah, that happened. <laughs> All right, cool. But, I mean, in the in the real world, Rasputin uh, very much died from this. At, yeah. Like, if, not, if nothing else, like, there's reports that he wasn't dead after being shot, stabbed, poisoned, castrated, da-da-da-da-da. But he did die of hypothermia when he got tossed in the river. <laughs> okay. Uh, so, he, he is very much dead. Yeah, but... yeah. He didn't die in in this world, no, because he is a he is a wizard, <laughs> <laughs> an immortal. He's some yeah. He's some I don't know what he is, man. yeah. But but anyway, uh, Broom and the U.S. soldiers begin looking for whatever may have crossed through from the portal, and they find itty bitty Hellboy, little baby monkey Hellboy. Yeah, and I I from what I read, there was an animatronic that was built for the tiny Hellboy, and it looked terrible. Oh, and didn't work very good. So that's why he's CGI in the actual movie. Sure. And it doesn't look too bad. It doesn't look great. No. <laughs> I mean, like, okay. For, so for 2004, the, it doesn't look bad. No. And I mean, a lot of the other CGI in the movie doesn't... It, it, it holds up pretty well. Yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, it's it's obviously aged. But right. The, but Hellboy don't look good. No, Little Hellboy very much looks like a cartoon. Yeah. I mean, it, and it doesn't help that they decided to, like, when they take the picture... Uh-huh. And it's all you know. It's it's sepia tone and and uh-huh. black and white, except for Hellboy. Yeah, <laughs> which I know that they were like, it's an artistic choice. It really it also attention. highlights how yeah. cartoon he is. It's like... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, uh, the uh, un- the army unit like adopts Hellboy and Broom adopts Hellboy as his actual son mm-hmm. and begins to raise him. Uh, that's one big difference from the comics and this movie is there's a much bigger focus in the movie on the father-son relationship between Broom and Hellboy. Okay. Like, it's there in the comics, but they're a lot more, like, distant from each other. Okay. And in this, like, they're very much like father and son. Yeah, yeah, like, that's they, the, they have the, that relationship. That's, like, the driving relationship of this movie. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we get our opening credits where... Oh, what? I, that's, I was trying to remember where I... I, I took a note. <laughs> it yeah? It just says, of, of a quote, it was just somebody says... Look at the size of that whammer! Oh yeah, and I think it was the the general saying yeah, yeah. it to the to the baby Hellboy. And, yeah, <laughs> it and it's about like, his 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 arm, rock or his stone arm. Yeah, but it's just like I just have that note written down yeah. of my few, and I'm like, where was that? <laughs> general, are you talking about this child's penis? Please don't, sir. <laughs> There's no call for that. Yeah, please, please be talking about anything else. Yeah. Oh, oh, good. He's got a big stone arm. Oh, thank God. I was really concerned for a moment. <laughs> but yeah, we get our opening credits where there's news reports throughout the years about sightings of Hellboy and the He's mysterious BPRD. And... Yeah, he is encrypted now. Yeah, basically. <laughs> and from there, we go into the present day of 2004 where uh, someone is being led through a snowy mountain range 
to some ruins of some kind. Yeah. It's just, just pretty vague. I don't know what's going on right now, but yeah. okay. <laughs> There's like a big underground maze, and they go through that. There's an awful lot going on. It may actually be a labyrinth. I'm not sure. <laughs> but uh, it's the Nazis. They're back. Yeah. And they murder their uh, guide. And his blood fills this pool. Just which, so much blood. So much blood. So much. And it summons Rasputin, who has been gone since he fell through the portal, but is now back. So he wasn't actually gone from the movie that long. Yeah. and Which is I, weird. I want explanations as to what just happened. <laughs> like, well, was, he, was Rasputin just, like, waiting in that hole, like, half-lifeless and waiting for blood? Or... He, like, he was in, like, the dimension of the Chaos Gods. Right, right. And I guess this was a ritual to summon him, but... Just stab a, stab a guide and have his blood fill a big basin and then just... You get Rasputin. I guess, yeah. <laughs> and he needs a shower. He's looking pretty bloody. He's all he's all covered in blood. Yep. And he got no eyes. From there, we cut to Broom at the doctor's, and he's been given a terminal diagnosis. <laughs> Um, the doctor asks if he wants a second opinion, and he's just like, nah, my tarot deck says I'll die too. Yeah. He's, he's got a tarot deck, and he just flips it open. Yep. He's, he's like, nah, nah second opinion's not necessary. The the gods have, yeah. I guess, or the, the spirits have deemed that I will die. Yeah, and they, they ask if he has any family, and the report says he just has a son. Manning, who is like the head of the BPRD, uh, is on TV refuting Hellboy sightings. Yeah, yeah. and uh like the entire existence of the bureau for paranormal research and defense yeah he's just like no it doesn't exist and then (laughs) why is every picture so blurry (laughs) yeah (laughs) come on if he's real why are they all so blurry (laughs) uh then we get our secondary main character uh john mayer who arrives at waste management which is actually a front for the bprd um, he gets let in, and there is a. We find out that the BPRD is actually a massive underground complex. Yeah, it's big. Um, Mayor goes to Broom's office to wait for him, and we find our Doug Jones. There's a, there he is. I found him. Yeah, who's playing the same character from The Shape of Water? <laughs> yes, he is. Only <laughs> only he's, he's psychic and talks. Yeah, yeah. But he still likes eggs. He still likes eggs. Only if they're rotten. They're only time. if they're rotten. But yeah, so like I mean, is this a is this a Del trope where the gillmen like like eggs? Like from what I understand, and this is like almost entirely hearsay, so I don't know how real it is. Um, Del Toro wanted the third Hellboy movie to be like an Abe solo or Abe Sapien solo film, or okay. like based around him. Sure. And when that wasn't greenlit because they were working on the Hellboy re reboot instead he's like okay i'll just do shape of water oh okay so parts of shape of water are or at least parts of this this potentially abe sapien movie adapted into the shape of water right and you can see that i i can i can kind of see that but i don't know there's got to be something there with about the eggs i don't know maybe del toro just really likes eggs eggs bugs watches the New York subway. Who knows? <laughs> there are a lot of strange Del Toroisms yeah, that yeah. just kind of continue on. But uh, it's kind of interesting because David Hyde Pierce was the voice of Abe Sapien from Frasier. Okay. But he refused to be credited in the actual movie. Oh. Saying that Abe Sapien was more Doug's performance than his. Oh, wow. 
So that's, like, even though he's wow. 100% the voice of Abe Sapien, Doug is the character. Oh. And he he didn't want that to be like he didn't want he, he didn't want to overshadow Doug right, Jones. That's right. Surprisingly noble, and uh, David Hyde Pierce really is actually cool. a pretty good guy. Yeah, like I don't I mean, at know. least one of the Crane brothers ended up good. I, <laughs> yeah, like I don't know too much about the man, but uh, based off of this information alone, he's he's got a an uptick in my book, right? Uh, so Mayor meets with uh, Broom and finds out more about the actual BPRD. Broom walks him through their like trophy room. Where they've got the Spear of Longinus and one of the Jar Babies from uh, Devil's Backbone. Because <laughs> you know that Del Toro loves his props. We find out that Broom and Hellboy are not currently on speaking terms and that Hellboy is grounded <laughs> yeah. for breaking out. Yeah, Hellboy is grounded and uh, is angry at his dad. So yeah. his dad's like, you know what, I'm just going to hang back. <laughs> My son is Ron Perlman and he's very upset with me. <laughs> Uh, we cut to uh, Agent Clay, who leads uh, Br- Mayor into Hellboy's room, giving him his daily supply of pancakes and bacon. He eats so much. He's a big guy. <laughs> he eats like so much. <laughs> and we find out that he really loves cats. He loves kitties. And cigars. Well, who doesn't? Who doesn't love good kitty <laughs> and a cigar? The, the thing about the cigars was, um, I guess Del Toro saw... Perlman smoking in his like full Hellboy outfit one time, just hanging around on set. And he's like, "Holy shit, that looks amazing! You look so cool." <laughs> We're writing that into the character. <laughs> Hellboy smokes cigars now. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, we find out that Hellboy files his horns down to look more human, mm-hmm. and that he doesn't like it when people stare at them. And then a code red occurs, which means that Hellboy is. Needed. Needed. He is in the field. Yep. And the BPRD uh, head to the museum in a big old trash truck uh, where there has been sightings of a large entity. Uh, When they arrive, Broom, like, helps Hellboy arm up while Abe gets a psychic reading of this creature, uh, determines, like, it's in this room, but he can't really read a whole lot off of it. Yeah, all they know is that it's, like, killed, like, seven or eight men. Right, right. Or seven or eight security guards. And Hellboy has, like, when he's when he's arming up, uh-huh. he got special bullets. He's got, <laughs> he's got special, like, handcrafted bullets. Yeah, they, they have a whole mess of things, like silver and garlic and other shit a, in them. Silver, garlic, a four-leaf clover, uh, iron fillings, and holy water. Yeah, so so no matter what he shoots, it's gonna go down. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. That's kind of a neat touch. It really is. <laughs> I don't that's know. A cool I don't know how idea. effective they would be in like real lifetime. I don't think I those got are no gonna. Idea. I don't think those bullets are gonna work the way that they are supposed to in the movie. But I, I who don't cares? Know, it's cool. Yeah. Uh, Hellboy's gun is called the Samaritan, <laughs> and it, it has like a very unique look to it. It's like a yeah. It, it's, it's it's a literal hand cannon. Yeah, it's huge. Yeah. I mean, the bullets are big. They're bigger than my thumb. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Adam Savage from MythBusters made a like one to one replica of this because he really likes this movie. That's cool. And MythBusters had a couple episodes on like movie myths, and the one where Hellboy punches the car showed up on that, and they want they proved if that was possible or not. And, oh, really? Yeah. And what no. was their? Ver- <laughs> <laughs> You, you can sure punch, like, you can have somebody punch a car, but it's not going to flip like that. Okay. 
It just oh, crunched. Okay. <laughs> I, you know that that kind of makes sense. I don't yeah. know what I. Whatever. It was a cool scene. It was more that care. they. It was more that they just wanted to build a big Hellboy fist. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Which I can go off. I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Hellboy goes into the uh, museum exhibit, which is on ancient magic. <laughs> Sure. Yeah. <laughs> Spelled with a K. <laughs> where's Where's that section in our local museum? I wanna... Dude, we don't have a local museum. I'm talking about the Denver Museum. Yeah, well, that place hasn't changed in like 30 years. It so. really hasn't. They had they had sued the T-Rex there a while back. They did. But you had to She's buy tickets now. separately. Yeah, and they were expensive. They were, they were expensive and sold out constantly. Yep, it's true. So, fuck me, I guess. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. <laughs> uh, there's a lot of goo around in this exhibit hall. So much fucking goo. Lots of goo. And then uh, Hellboy finds the critter after it goos on him. It's got such a cool design. It really does. It, it's. I it, love it, these things. Its face is very, like, almost looks like a horse skull. Yeah. And it's got, like, tentacle dreadlocks and, like, long bulky arms and yeah well and, and the way that they move too because uh-huh. as we learn that they're immortal or functionally immortal they're 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 the uh embodiment of resurrection or some shit yeah that the hound of resurrection the hound of resurrection yeah so it's like every time they like get hit or the way they just, just need to they, yeah their they, bones their back their bones place. just kind of like shift inside them so that they yeah. can like they can turn around, or they just like you know you, yeah. you break its elbow backwards, and it's just like okay, well now that's the way the elbow bends. It's like oh yeah, that's so cool. They're really neat. They're really cool. But uh, yeah, this guy is uh, Samael, the Hound of Resurrection, Herald of the Pest of Pestilence, etc., etc., etc. Hellboy blasts this blast this critter with the uh, the Samaritan, and he's like, all right, well that was a lot easier than I expected. I don't even think I was needed here. And begins to leave, but uh, Abe's research reveals that since it is the Hound of Resurrection, uh, you're not done yet, Hellboy. Yeah, he ain't killing it. <laughs> and it beats the living hell out of Hellboy. Mm-hmm. Hellboy gets fucked up in this movie, like, a lot. Real bad. Yeah. Real bad. Yeah. Uh, I guess during some of the stunt work, uh, Ron Perlman busted a rib. Oh, jeez. Which is not great for him. Yeah. I don't know if he does his own stunts or if it was just like during some harness work or what. Sure. But yeah, he busted a rib during this. It, it, probably the latter. But yeah. still, that sucks. Yeah. Uh, the Samael like throws Hellboy into an alleyway where he meets someone who looks suspiciously like Rasputin but with less of a beard and more sunglasses. <laughs> and he tells Hellboy that he's his real father and he knows his real name and such and then he vanishes. So that's creepy. Yeah. Uh, which is enough of a distraction for Samael to just kind of beat the shit out of him some more. Uh, Mayor shows up and shoots the entity a little bit. And he's like, I'm here to help you, Hellboy. And Hellboy's just really upset by this. <laughs> yeah, he's I work alone. I work alone. Except when I work with Liz. Which is all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Mayor helps Hellboy reload the Samaritan because Hellboy has a leech problem on his arm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, because the like the Samael uh, like lashes at its tongue and like the tip of the tongue busts off and it's like a stick. yeah, but it's also like like acidic saliva. Yeah, it's and... it's a lot. Yeah, <laughs> it is really funny though. It's like, what's that in your arm? Oh, <laughs> oh man, oh, damn, oh shit. Okay, so he yoinks that off and then uh, Samael bursts through the dumpster. 
and begins beating the shit out of Hellboy again. Mm-hmm. Hellboy shoots it with a green, like, slime tracking round. Uh, and the thing is off to the races, and a chase <laughs> through the city ensues. Um, Mayor tries to convince the general public that it's, like, part of a Halloween event. Because <laughs> <laughs> it Trick is. Or treat. Yeah, it's on Halloween. And... Yeah. Awesome <laughs> costumes, huh? <laughs> He's, he's doing his best. He's really trying. He's really trying, even though Hellboy's not making it easy. No. Um, yeah. Uh, Hellboy and Samael play in traffic for a bit. Mayor is almost hit by a car, and this is where uh, we get the, the Hellboy the hel- punch to the yeah, car. Yeah, the flip. And it is a flip. And I like that they show that the person whose car got flipped is okay. <laughs> like, he's, he's startled and the airbag goes off, and he's just like, oh! Yeah, he, yeah, he hits the ground. He, and like, the front of his car's fucked up, and he's going to have to get, like, realigned to new tires. But other than that, he's fine. <laughs> well, I mean, to be fair, uh, it's all of these, these drivers' faults for just seeing people in the road and just apparently deciding to step on the gas. Yeah, like, yeah. Like, There's a man! Hit him! Lord! It's like, people! God! The brake pedal is right next to the gas! You can use it! You've been driving in this town for how long? Does this surprise you? I don't know. I don't know, man. Like... <laughs> when I see something I can't identify in the middle of the road, my instinct is not to try to speed past it. It's usually to slow the fuck down. Dude, last month I had two people get in a fight in the middle of the road in front of my car. One of them bounced off the side of it. <laughs> yeah, but you didn't speed no, up. No, I didn't. It just didn't help that I slowed down. <laughs> in fact, it probably made things worse for me. It's true, but these people do not even... They don't even breathe on the brake pedal. They're just like, nope! We're just going to honk at the problem until it goes away. Yeah, yeah. But then again, I guess that's a that's a problem. That's what happens in most movies. So yeah. I just... Whatever. It, it drives me nuts. <laughs> it's like, come on! Okay, so uh, Hellboy follows Samael down into the subway tunnels and onto a subway car... And through a subway car, and then onto the back of a subway car while the conductor beats him in the head with a fire extinguisher. That's such a good scene. It's like, yes, Samael just tears through. Hellboy's trying to climb Uh up, but the conductor's like, oh, no, you don't. He's just hitting him in the face. It's like almost a response to the subway scene from Spider-Man 2. Uh Uh-huh. Where Spider-Man's like, ah, I gotta stop the train before (laughs) Knock-Knock does the smashing. And... He's stopping it, and everyone's like, yay, Spider-Man! And they applaud him and keep him away from Doc Ock and stuff. And this time, like, Hellboy's like, no, there's a monster. Gotta stop the monster. And the, the conductor's like, no, you don't. Starts beating the shit out of him with a fire extinguisher. Knocks him off the train, and everyone applauds the conductor. <laughs> it's a good scene. It's, it's, it's good. Yeah, and then, uh, yeah, the subway car runs over Hellboy. Yeah. Uh, so he's laying in the middle of the, of the track, and Samuel drops on top of him. Begins beating the shit out of him again. <laughs> and then Hellboy, just being completely fed up with everything, grabs the third rail of the track, uh, electrocuting both of them and setting Samael on fire. Yep, because Hellboy is... Fireproof. Fireproof. Yep. Which is... I mean, I guess I guess that makes sense. He's also lightning-proof. I guess. Like that. <laughs> I guess. That's... I don't know. That's kind of weird. Yeah, I don't know. But the way I get it is, like, the lightning did hurt him because he's fucked up afterwards, but okay. he didn't catch on fire. That's that's fair. And Samael very much fair. caught on fire. That is probably fair. <laughs> we see that Hellboy ditches Mayors to go off on his own, and Rasputin promises in a voiceover that Samael will be reborn again and again. And we see, like, a glowing orb emerge from Samael's corpse and split into two. Yeah. Yeah, it zips away or something. Yep. 
Hellboy steals some beer and <laughs> uh, goes to stalk Liz. As you do. Who uh, left the BPRD. And she's um, in a she's, she's in, in a, a sanatorium. Uh, yeah. Liz notices Hellboy's leech wound on his arm and is like, wow, you got really messed up. And he's like, hey, hey I'm tough, I'm fine. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why he's suddenly voiced by uh, Stallone, but hey, there you go. <laughs> it happens sometimes. It happens. It sometimes just... <laughs> you're just suddenly, suddenly Stallone. So he just kind of creeps up in there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we cut back to the museum and we see Abe, uh, who reveals his uh, psychometry power, where he can touch an object and read its history. He shows Broom his vision of Cronin and Ilsa breaking into the museum and freeing this entity from its statue prison, statue prison thing. Yeah, uh, Cronin is terrifying again. Yeah, <laughs> like, he he's not in like the full Nazi gimp gear here. He's just in like a mask and his armor, mm-hmm. and it's more than enough. Yeah, and the, and the way the the way that they show him like in one scene, I don't remember if it's right here or uh-huh. it's a little later, but he's like. He crawls down the side of the wall. Yeah, it's yeah, it's and it's just like, ah, Spider Man's a Nazi now. That sucks. Yeah, <laughs> he's got knives, and he can like do the the Jedi lightsaber bullet reflect. Yeah, with knives. <laughs> he just okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's really good at his job. Uh, the Nazi summons Samael using the salt formed from the tears of a thousand angels. <laughs> Which, Which is, is holy he- shit. Yeah, that's one hell of a thing. <laughs> that's metal as fuck. <laughs> uh, and Rasputin promises that uh, every time Samael falls, two shall arise. They're some sort of fucked up Hydra. <laughs> they're something. Like, they're something. Uh, we find out that Broom is hiding his sickness from Hellboy. He tells Mayor that, hey, uh, I'm dying. Uh, you're going to have to be the one to guide Hellboy after I am, you know, no longer. Yeah, I know we just met, but can you be the godfather? Yeah, yeah, you, <laughs> look, you got to raise my really old Ron Perlman son. Yeah, my, my 60-year-old, 20-year-old son. Yeah. <laughs> Demon tiefling thing. Yeah, yeah. And we get a line where Broom is like, I beat the Nazis 60 years ago and... They're back in my lifetime, and that sucks. I'm just like, yeah, that does, doesn't it? Yeah, right? <laughs> That's pretty awful. Yeah, seeing Nazis come back kind of sucks. Yeah, wow. That's Oh, man. <laughs> we'll hope we don't have to worry about that. <laughs> yeah. Fucking fascists. Oh, God, I hate the world. <laughs> so bad. Everything the, sucks so bad. We're in the wrong timeline. <laughs> Was Del Toro making this instead of Alien vs. Predator where things went wrong? <laughs> Because I like this movie, but I will sacrifice it for a for better the, current day. Uh, um, <laughs> are you su- are you suggesting that if, are you suggesting that if Del Toro had made like Alien vs Predator EVP, the world would be a much better place? Because... I don't know that for a fact. I'm just saying they're two alternate timelines, man. <laughs> like, am I saying that Del Toro has that kind of power, even if unconsciously? Yeah, probably. I believe it. <laughs> He is the I love con- the math. <laughs> he is the divergence. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we cut back to Hellboy and Liz. Uh, Hellboy is trying to convince her to rejoin the BPRD. And she's refu- she refuses, saying that she's getting better and she hasn't had an episode in a while. And shows that she is a fire starter. Mm-hmm. Liz is one of my biggest problems with this movie. I can see that. Because... She's much more of a fleshed out character in the comics. Sure. She gets like full arcs to herself where like this whole thing where she goes to the sanatorium, gets better, comes back and is a big hero. That's like an entire arc. 
Okay. It's not like ten minutes in a movie. Yeah. And she finds out a lot more where her powers come from and all sorts of stuff like that. She's like, she's a fully formed character. That's in good. this movie, she's a MacGuffin. Yeah, she's the MacGuffin for Hellboy. Yeah, and, and that's it's not great. No, it's not. It, good. And it's very uncharacteristic for Del Toro. It's very strange. Like, but yeah, I don't know. Like you're you're yeah, she's just kind of there uh-huh. as the catalyst of. And then she she gets events. like her I am she. she I am exploding on fire person moment like a couple times and, but she's like not even in control of it when it happens. Yeah. And that's like her big arc in the comics is learning to control her powers and become amazing. Sure. But yeah, even later on in, in her, her big moment, she's like, hit me. She yeah. She tells yeah. Myers to hit me. It's like. She has to lose control to. Yeah. 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 So it, it's, I don't know. Maybe there just wasn't enough. I don't know, like, there's a lot of things in this movie where it seems like it should have been a couple movies. Yeah. Like, some of the stuff seems like it should have been in the middle part of a trilogy. Right, right. Yeah, I can... And I, I do love this movie a lot, but... She's it, the problem. She's a lot of issues. There's a lot of stuff that just feels half-formed in it, mm-hmm. and... Yeah. That isn't to say, like, I, I do like her. Uh-huh. No, like, she's, she's really good. She's good in the movie, the acting is good, and her character is good, just mm-hmm. not fleshed out the way yeah, it should. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially so. compared to her comic book counterpart. Sure. Um, so Liz goes back into the sanatorium and after Myers and Broom arrive to take Hellboy home. And Hellboy has lost a lot of blood and is kind of woozy. <laughs> yeah. They have to extract yes. eggs from his arm. Yeah, Abe is working on his arm and finds out in the five seconds that the leech was... On his arm, it laid three eggs. Because these things, because Samael is a slot, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of, of that in here. Which is why I did not crunch these, this guy. <laughs> sure, sure. Broom asks Hellboy if he ever lost track of the of the Samael. And Hellboy says, yeah, when I had a train land on my face. Yeah. He's like, oh, okay, well. That thing probably laid a billion eggs down there <laughs> during that time. So, uh, the next day they're going to round up a posse to go find those eggs. We cut back to the sanatorium and we see, uh, Liz's fear over losing control of her powers. Uh, we see Rasputin arriving in Liz's room and, like, trying to provoke her unconscious mind. Yeah, he, like, I I, I guess he invokes a memory that yeah, she dreams yeah. about. Like, when, when her fow- powers first manifested. But it's it's so weird because it's, like... The kids call her, like, we get a flashback to her past, mm-hmm. where she's a little girl, and the neighborhood kids are, like, making fun of her and throwing rocks at her and stuff and They're calling her a freak. Calling her a freak, yeah. And, I like, we don't see if it's because she has fire starter powers, or if there's something else going on, or what. Yeah, my, my guess is that it was, like, she probably had manifested the powers, yeah. at least to a smaller degree. Yeah. And the kids were teasing her about it. And this is the first instance where she lost total control. Yeah, that, and... that makes sense. But at the same time, like I think even at that age, if one of my classmates was like, oh crap, I lit something on fire with my mind, I wouldn't want to make fun of her. I'm just saying. <laughs> no, no. And, and knowing like... Knowing how most kids are, if that were the case, it wouldn't be making fun of them. It'd be like, "You are our new god." <laughs> yeah, can we burn down the school? <laughs> yeah, let's let's go and let's go and burn things, and we'll start with ants and kind of work our way up and see how far we can go. Yeah, and yeah. then, oh god, we can burn the school down. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, her powers explode out of her, and she kills everyone in like the apartment complex and the kids, and makes a big old crater. 
with stuff like this going on, I really don't see how the BPRD has stayed a secret for this long. <laughs> it's like it's even, even even with um, Manning going out there and being like. This doesn't exist, blah, blah, blah. It's like... Uh, my guess is that they have a better PR department than, than just him. Manning. <laughs> <laughs> than just George Bluth Sr. Yeah. <laughs> like, I think they probably got something else. We just see him doing, like, some of the scrap work at yeah, the, yeah. In, in places. I'm sure they have, like, a full team that goes around and, like, gas leak. Yeah, sure. <laughs> the BPRD is in the banana stand. <laughs> the next day, uh, Mayers goes to see Liz who is unresponsive after burning down the sanatorium from the visions. Because when she had the vision of burning down everything in the past, she burned down the sanatorium in real life. And while that's going on, Abe Hellboy and a BPRD field unit are going to go track down the eggs. Um, egg senses that the... Abe senses <laughs> that the eggs... Wow. Did I just have a stroke? And I... <laughs> like, what's going on right now? I had I need a bonjolence. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. Abe senses that the eggs are behind a wall, and Hellboy smashes it down. Yeah, they're like, well, we're going to need some permits. and Permits and a demolition crew and stuff like that. And Hellboy's just like, I can smash down a wall. (laughs) (laughs) Boy, can he. Yeah. He does that a lot in this. Yeah. Um, We cut to Cronin, who Uh. has apparently made this his lair. Uh. He's (laughs) got no eyelids, man. (laughs) Yeah, it's, it's, oh man. He's got like all of his different... Like, the different versions of his masks and equipment, like, laid out. So it's, like, a little museum of him. (laughs) Uh, The BPRD team finds, like, a flooded subway tunnel. Um, Hellboy drops a few glow sticks down there. And and we we, we see the bugs. Del Toro's bugs. Del Toro's bugs. This is where the bugs are. I wonder if they're the same ones from Mimic. (laughs) Crossover universe? Yeah. The Del Toro Cinematic Universe. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of theories and, and uh, speculation that uh, at least Pan's Labyrinth and uh, The Devil's Backbone takes place in the yeah, same I've universe. Yeah, I've seen that. So. I've seen that. <laughs> Why I can, not? I can see an argument for uh, Pan's Labyrinth being in the same universe because nothing would contradict it. Yeah. Um, we see that there are more copies of Samael swimming around down in this flooded tunnel. Uh, and since it's flooded, that means it is Abe time, baby. <laughs> Hellboy gives Abe a reliquary to protect him straight from the Vatican. Um, so Abe dives in and begins collecting Abe's... Or, God damn it! <laughs> I can't talk today! Abe dives into the tunnel and begins collecting eggs like it's a fucking side quest. And he starts... Uh, and then, he, then he finds a mute woman down there and makes tender, sweet love with her, right? No, no. That would be in the third movie that didn't happen. Oh, oh dang. dang but also I in get... The Shape of Water. We, we... <laughs> The third movie where Abe Sapien finds love. Yeah. <laughs> That's what it was going to be. <laughs> yeah, okay. Uh, Abe, or uh, Cronin attacks the uh, the BPRD unit and, like, leads Hellboy away, leaving the BPRD guys unprotected other than their guns and heavy equipment. So they should be fine. Uh, Abe finds a big old gross pile of eggs in the flooded tunnel. Um... Not, not the edible kind. Not the edible kind. Not the kind he wants to eat. No, no, these are not rotten eggs. These are fresh. <laughs> these are fertilized. Um, and the Samael attack. And Abe, Abe. Abe does not have a fun time. In no, this he doesn't. Tunnel. Well, he's not a fighter. He's, he's a He's not a fighter. No, he's he's technician. Yeah. He's one of your Solarian guys. Like, he <laughs> hangs back at the Normandy in the science. <laughs> 
but more Samael emerged from the tunnel and began tearing up the BPRD. Uh, we see fights with Hellboy and Asamael. Uh, Hellboy gets the ever-loving shit kicked out of him once more. Gets thrown into a wall. Gets thrown through a window. Saves some kitties. <laughs> <laughs> Which is really funny because he like he throws the Samael out the window at the window of that like that subway like bridge platform. station platform uh-huh. thing. Yeah, and it latches around him with its tongue. It's really fucking long tongue. And begins like pulling him down, and he's like got a handful of those of that lady's kittens, and it's like, no, can't drop the kitties. <laughs> I know. I, I'm it's just, like, so just, good. I'm like watching it. I'm like, just set them down. They'll be fine. But he loves kitties. He loves kitties <laughs> so fucking much, which I get. Um, but the Samael is like crushed by a subway train going by. I know I'm kind of cutting through these fights fast, but it's fine. Like, <laughs> there's I mean, a, going going doing a. I, uh, I'm not going to do a play by play on these. Yeah, play by play on this is not. Yeah, <laughs> there's a fight. People go pow, pow, pow. Yeah, you get knocked through walls. There's a phone involved. <laughs> there's kitties, and then somebody else hit by a train. Yeah, yeah, phone one liner. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I like the like the running gag throughout the movie that Hellboy keeps trying to do one liners, but he's terrible at them. <laughs> I don't know if that's intentional or not, <laughs> but like he, he keeps trying to give like superhero one liners, but they're very bad. I don't know. I like the it's for you, and then hit someone with the phone. <laughs> I, I'm okay with that one. <laughs> Red means stop, and then he hits a car. And <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Red means stop. <laughs> I don't know. He's he's just doing his own thing. Yeah, it, it's funny because like he does state they've made comics off of Hellboy in this universe. Right, right. And he states that he hates the comics because they get his face wrong. <laughs> But I think he secretly really likes the comics. Well, yeah, I mean... <laughs> I mean, he collects them. And then, like, he keeps trying to give superhero one-liners while he's fighting. And yeah, no, you may be onto something there. I think that's what, what <laughs> they're going might, for. You might be onto that. It's really funny, if that's the case. When the Samael is killed by a train, we see that glowing light come out of it and split. And, like, right after that happens, two more of the eggs down in Abe's tunnels hatch... So, literally every time Asamael is killed, two more appear. Mm-hmm. Which is a problem. Yeah. Uh, Abe is very badly injured at this point. He's calling for assistance on his little GPS thing. I don't know what the, that is. The, like, geo-tracker Yeah, things. yeah, yeah. Uh, Cronin attacks Clay and murder fucks him. Yeah, poor like, Clay. Like, wow! <laughs> I like Clay, but... Clay was, Clay's a good guy, yeah. But then, um, after, like, nearly killing Clay, because he's still... Alive, but not well. Well, Clay Clay shoots him in the gut a couple yeah, times, yeah. and, and it sand actually comes out. Like, yeah, it actually penetrates past the armor, right? But like, it doesn't seem to slow him down any. So he winds himself down using his clockwork mechanism, his clockwork heart. <laughs> yeah, and like plays possum on the floor next to Clay. Yeah, and Clay is too badly injured to be like to tell anybody, and it's implied he dies that night. You would they go back? Yeah, they, they say that he won't survive. The, yeah, he likely yeah. won't survive the night. And we never hear from him again. So, so yeah, yeah. It's likely he didn't die. And then he there's those survive. two other BPRD uh, team members who were, were killed by the Samael. So this was kind of a clusterfuck of a mission. Yeah. Abe is badly injured. Hellboy's not doing super great. Clay passes in the night. And then there's those two other uh, people who have died. So, it you know, it's a failure of a mission, basically. Yeah, it's not great. And Manning uh, gives Hellboy the business about it. Uh, telling him that, like, you know, there's that line he says, and I don't know if you want to splice it in here, where uh, Manning says, like, We had uh, two agents die today. Clay probably won't 
survive the night. Not now, man. My problem Please. with you. You're reckless. These men trusted you to lead them as a team. Where were you? I knew those men better than you did. Oh, I see. But well, that makes it all right. No, it doesn't make it all right. But I stopped that thing, didn't I? Yes, it did. That's what you do. That's why we need you. You have an insight. You know monsters. What are you trying to say? This whole thing is a farce. Because in the end, after you've killed, after you've captured every freak out there, there's still one left. You. And, like, that pisses Hellboy off, and he grabs, like, a <laughs> tank and smashes it through a wall and <laughs> yeah. threatens uh, Manning some more. And Manning is, like, pissed that he's not getting the respect that he thinks he deserves and so on and so forth. That, and he's thor- very thoroughly intimidated, but pissed because of it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then Mayor returns with Liz. Yay! That was off screen. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we cut to Hellboy's room, uh, where he is trying to write a letter to Liz, explaining his feelings for her. Uh, but we find out that she is going out for coffee with Mayor, uh, driving another wedge between them. Yeah, you start getting the... like. There, I got a little bit of emotional whiplash, because it's like yeah. Mayor very clearly like really likes her. Uh-huh. And they start having this thing going. But then later on, like it's like... He, she he drops him like a bad habit. Well, she, she drops him and he backpedals. He's yeah. just like, no, no, no. This I was not trying. And this is like, yeah, you were. You totally were. Like, <laughs> like don't don't lie. It, it's it's so weird and it's so rushed and unnecessary. It really is. The moment of uh, uh, with having Hellboy like stalking them and watching from the rooftop. Yeah. That was it was a fun moment. It, it's it's cute, but well, I wouldn't say it was cute. It was just it was a fun Hellboy yeah. moment. But yeah, yeah. And that's mainly because Ron Perlman is just really good in the role, and he's, he's fun to watch. He's really, really good. Uh, we go to Broom uh, performing an autopsy on Cronin, and we see Cronin's like unarmored body, and it is gross. Yeah, we, we, this is where you learn that he, yeah, he, he surgically removed his eyelids, his it, lips, and his and lips, and one of his hands, and, and other things. Yeah, he, he's got scars all over his body, and he's been dead for like sixty years, but he's still going. <laughs> his like the stuff that pours out of him when he gets shot is like his dried blood that's yeah. turned to dust. Yeah, it's not actually sand. It's, yeah, it's just... like everything in this movie is so fucking metal. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Cronin is a living clockwork corpse. And uh, Broom pulls out like the key to his clockwork heart and it's still like ticking and being weird and it's more just amazing Del Toro prop work. Yes, it is. Uh, this is where we see that... Um, Mayor uh, knows that Hellboy loves Liz. She's more conflicted. And Hellboy stalks them from the rooftops. Uh, Hellboy overestimates his jumping ability and almost falls off a roof. And this is where he bonds with Pigeon Kid. Yep. (laughs) Pigeon Kid with cookies and milk. Yep. Uh, Broom finds a note on Cronin's body uh, giving them, like, the next clue of where Rasputin and his Nazi buddies are going to be. Uh, and then Cronin's body just, like, sits up and gets ready to, to murder. And, and it does. It, it gets there, yeah. It gets there. Um, Hellboy beans Mayor in the face with a rock, <laughs> which I I don't know how that didn't kill him. You're right. That's what I was wondering. <laughs> like, damn. He had to have pulled, like, his punch a little bit because we know how strong Hellboy is at this point. He, and... I mean, yeah, we've seen him punch through a, a wall at this point. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, no, actually, two walls because this yeah. is when he escapes the second, like from his his room, right? Yeah. So yeah, like, I mean, he's got a he's he's a crack shot too, uh-huh. <laughs> but yeah, he's he's got those uh, those arcs down, man. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Rasputin manifests in Broom's office and is like, ha ha ha, I am trying to lure Hellboy to Moscow and I'm doing it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, He shows Broom a vision of like a fully realized Hellboy who has summoned the chaos gods and begun the apocalypse. There's tentacles coming down from the sky. Hellboy's got wicked horns and everything's on fire and and dead. Yeah. Which is a hell of a an image like it is it's it's a it's a uh it cuts an imposing silhouette <laughs> yeah yeah uh and then cronin kills broom you can tell there's like some respect between broom and rasputin because like before cronin's like very vicious in his murdering and like he, when he kills like clay and stuff like that we see him just like he stabs clay like 30 times yeah like all he yeah he goes prison shanking on him pretty yeah hard. yeah and this time uh rasputin tells cronin to like you know, kill end him quick. Don't make him suffer. So Cronin just like stabs him through the back of the neck and kills him. And he waits until uh, Broom says, "I'm ready." <laughs> yeah, yeah. So like, there's definitely respect between these two. Like, mm-hmm. is there some sort of unstated history between them? Because in the beginning, like, young Broom knows an awful lot about Rasputin. That's true. That's so, true. Like, I don't know. Did something happen between these two men? I don't know. BPRD agents interrupt uh, Mayor and Liz's date to tell them that Broom is dead, and Hellboy bounds off. And they apparently have Broom's funeral, like, the next hour. <laughs> wow. Yeah, it just cuts to it. Yeah, one of the things that, like, really gets me is, this is, like, a BPRD event. All the people there are BPRD, and Hellboy's not one of the pallbearers for his father's casket. Right, I was wondering that myself, but... Like, then the again, mayor is, and they mayor knew Broom for, like, three days. I know, right? <laughs> I thought that, I had that thought, too. My, my guess is that um, it was probably a situation where they, like, they asked Hellboy, like, yeah. do you want to be? And Hellboy, in his, like... Yeah, I can't do that. I gotta go stand on a rooftop and brood. Right, right. He's just like, I'm far too edgelord for that. Yeah. Like, I'm sorry. <laughs> and and we cut down to Hellboy's hand and shows that he's got um, Broom's rosary. Mm-hmm. So, that's something. That's that's a key thing. Uh, we go back to the BPRD, where Manning is outlying the mission to Moscow. Um, and he promises that if they don't finish this case, the BPRD is finished. Like, it's done. It's done so. Which, I mean, probably because if they don't finish this case, the, the world is going to be in, it's, so... Yeah, this is <laughs> not it, just not just the BPRD, but... Yeah, um, it's really everything. funny how, like, small-scope Manning is at times. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we cut to Moscow, uh, and the team flying there in a plane. They drive around in a truck with Hellboy in a little tiny crate. Big man in a little crate. Uh, and they cut to this graveyard, which was the clue that was found on Cron- Croning's corpse. That was not a corpse, that was actually a corpse. Croning's confusing. <laughs> he is. They don't know where to find Rasputin's mausoleum in this place, which, I don't know, it's kind of big, so... Well, they, they they do say that it's like... Oh, God, I don't remember the dimensions. I'll, I might splice it, them in. It's huge, but yeah. They, they mention the, the dimensions, so Manning starts... Yeah, he's like, okay, we gotta make a grid and we're gonna all take quadrants and we'll get some aerial photography, and Hellboy's like, no, I'm gonna just gonna ask somebody. Yeah, he goes, he goes and casts Speak with Dead. Yeah, punches his way into a... 
into a grave and kidnaps a corpse to drag around for a while, <laughs> which is a really cool animatronic effect. It is. Like, this dude looks like he wa- walked out of a, uh, a Mignola comic. Like, <laughs> he's cool. very much drawn in that style. Yeah. But the corpse knows where Rasputin's mausoleum is. So they go down there, and they're like, oh, this is real spooky. we got to watch out. And Hellboy says, hey, we should be fine as long as nobody gets separated. And then they are immediately separated. Immediately separated. Yeah, there's, this is where you get a lot more of the Del Toro clockwork going. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> it's all over the place here. Uh, Manning and Hellboy have a dick measuring contest as the BPRD agent who is carrying the corpse gets hit by a big old pendulum <laughs> and just explodes. Annihilated. Yeah. They come across Cronin, who is hiding in a like, secondary base. Cronin has lots of little hidey holes. Yeah. And Manning st- fails his stealth check. Yeah, Manning is such a weenie. <laughs> he, like, pokes himself on a barb. He's like, oh, that went really deep. <laughs> yeah. Oh! I'm like, dude, you're supposed to be quiet. <laughs> yeah. And Elway's just, like, shit and draws the Samaritan. He's like, okay, it's time. This is happening. And then Cronin just isn't there anymore. He, he Batman cut away. Yep. He does it a lot. Uh, so we get another fight with Cronin and Hellboy. Um, and Manning is just such a weenie throughout the whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even remember him in the fight. He doesn't really do anything until he, like, lures Cronin into the pit. Yeah. Hellboy almost, like, falls into this spiky, like, Mortal Kombat death pit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what it is. Yeah. And Cronin's about to, like, kick him in, and then Manning, like, bonks him with a little cog, <laughs> which distracts him enough for Hellboy to, like, drop him in. But he, he's still alive down there. Yeah, he's, he's, he's impaled, but still... Yeah, he's leaking sand everywhere, but no, he's still fine. Uh, Hellboy bonks him with a giant, like, cog wheel, <laughs> and we still hear him, like, groaning after the fact. <laughs> so he's still alive in there, he's just not getting out. Yeah. Or, like, he's, whatever he's passes stuck. for a life for that man. Yeah. And then after uh, Cronin's or Cronin's defeat, um, Manning and Hellboy like have a bonding moment. Manning tells Hellboy how to smoke a cigar for reals <laughs> instead <laughs> yeah, of just the shitty way he's been doing it. Yeah, you can't you can't use a lighter. You have to use a, Man, a wooden a match, match to preserve the flavor. Yeah, I, whatever, sure, man. Whatever. I don't know. <laughs> My lungs are scar tissue. I can't smoke. <laughs> <laughs> we find out that uh, Liz and Mayor have found the Semiel breeding pit, and they're like sealed in there. Uh, Hellboy can hear them through the floor talking and having conversations about their relationship, which is not the time uh-huh. for that, my man. Uh, so Hellboy smashes through the ceiling as everyone else prepares their grenades to blow up the uh, the Samael breeding ground. Because the idea is they got to kill the eggs and the Samael at the same at the, time. All at the same time. It's like a video yeah. game puzzle boss. Like, you got to <laughs> kill them both at the same time or you're just going to have more of one or the other. Yeah. So Hellboy fights the Samael. Um, and Liz has Mayor slap her to trigger her pyrokinesis, uh, causing her to explode and incinerate the Samael and the eggs. Yeah. So that's one problem down. Yay. Uh, unfortunately, the Nazis are still about. Damn. Son Damn, of a, Nazis! Son, son of a bitch. Ooh, I hate those Nazis. Son of a bitch. It's always Nazis. It's always Nazis. Oh. <laughs> Ilsa ties up Mayor, uh, puts Hellboy in a stockade. And begins breaking, like, the safeties on the grenades. Yeah, and the stockade apparently has Hellboy's true name inscribed on yeah, it. Yeah, around so his, his uh, stone arm, so yeah. that he can't break out of it. Yeah, uh, Liz is on a, like, sacrificial platform, effectively taking her out of the rest of the movie. She's done. Yeah. She did her thing. She's yeah, done. Yeah, she, she was in her five minutes of movie time. She's yeah. done. 
Uh, but what the whole thing here is Rasputin wants Hellboy to say his true name and then power up the portal to the Agdru Jihad to let them into the world and then they're going to create a horrible Eden for bad people or something. Apocalypse. Yeah, they're going, yeah. To, do an, they're going to do an apocalypse. The, the, the apocalypse Eden. Yep. Uh, and he says that if Hellboy doesn't do this, he's going to eat Liz's soul. And Hellboy's like, no, I don't believe that. And Rasputin's just like, okay. Calls his bluff and... <laughs> and eats Liz's soul. <laughs> yes, he does. Uh, Hellboy is, like, despondent and, like, completely destroyed by this. In the past 24 hours, he's lost his dad. I guess that was 24 hours ago. I know that funeral happened awful fast. <laughs> uh... And now his, like... How long did it take him to get to Moscow? I don't know. <laughs> they were on some sort of crazy super helicopter. <laughs> Three hours? Yeah. <laughs> how far can it take... Like, how long can it take to go to Moscow? <laughs> Six hours? <laughs> it's just a hop, skip, and a jump away, right? Yeah. So, Hellboy pops open, like, says his true name, uh, causing him to break out of the stockade, and his horns to regrow. Fiery glyphs grow all over his stony arm. And now he opens the portal... Uh, so that he can retrieve Liz's soul, is kind of what's going on here. We that, cut, okay, I wasn't. That's. I think that's more or less what's going on here. It's very confusing. Yeah, it's just it's just happening. I'll just yeah. let it happen. Yeah. We cut to the Agdru Jihad's uh, dimension, where we see uh, a god squid thing bust out of a crystalline prison, uh, as was mentioned in the opening crawl. We see a few of them. Yeah, and and their tentacles break the sky. It's very, very spooky. There's a blood eclipse going on, and... It's cool. Yeah, it's cool shit. <laughs> whole bunch of nonsense going on right now. Way to go, Hellboy! <laughs> Mayers grabs Broom's crucifix that Hellboy had, like, dropped, or Rasputin had taken Rasputin from him. Rasputin had thrown it away, yeah, yeah. yeah. And he throws it to Hellboy to remind him of who he is and who his father was. Uh, it burns, like, a little cross into Hellboy's hand... And he's like, oh, ow, that hurt. Wait, what am I doing? <laughs> so he snaps his horns off of his head and stabs Rasputin with them. Way to go, big guy. A little late, but hey. <laughs> uh, Rasputin's form, like, collapses after telling Hellboy that he's never going to, like, find his true purpose. Uh, and squishy squid god creature thing comes out, comes out of Rasputin. Uh, Ilsa kisses him, and they are both squid murdered. I don't know. Yeah, that, <laughs> that's what happens. That's what happens. Yep. I don't know what, it, I don't know what you want from me. <laughs> uh, so Hellboy grabs the grenade belt and lets Myers escape with the still like unresponsive Liz. Hellboy and the squid fight, and they fight. They fight it's, and fight. It's and a fight. cool fight. It is. Hellboy gets tossed up in the air, and the squid eats him. And then but Hell, he's got the grenades. He's got the grenades, so he detonates the grenades. He's fine. Squid's gone. Squid's not. Squid is blue juice everywhere blue now. Blue juice everywhere. Yep. So Hellboy returns to Mayers and Liz. Uh, Liz isn't breathing. So Hellboy whispers Liz back to life. I don't know what the hell happened. It was like they ran out of film. <laughs> they were like, oh god, we have three minutes of film left. One of our main characters is dead. And needs to be alive. And needs to be alive. Um, um, um. Okay, Hellboy's going to whisper her back from the grave, and then they're going to smooch. Done. Done. <laughs> Done. Cut. Wrap. <laughs> yeah, Liz catches on fire, but Hellboy is fireproof, and we, we smash two credits like a garbage truck smashing through the gate of a museum. 
it, it like the ending of this is just like bah, 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 yeah. Well, like it you is were saying, it's, it's a pretty long movie already. It is. It is. And... It's uh, two hours ten minutes. It didn't feel that way though. Like some of the other longer movies that yeah. we've watched, it, like, it doesn't drag him. It, it's like continuously. It's, 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 it's very good. It is. It is. And and it's a lot of fun. I really. It is. Enjoy. It is a very fun movie. Uh, so one thing I would kind of like to get into while we're doing these reviews to make them actually more of a review, Matt. Okay. Is let's talk about what our favorite thing was in the movie. Sure. Okay. That I like that. That's yeah, a good idea. Then, sure. Yeah. So what was your favorite thing in the movie? My favorite thing was definitely the semi house. Yeah, they're um, really cool looking. Yeah, they are. They're really cool looking. I like how they move and how I, I really like how like at first when Hellboy first fights it, uh-huh. it's a like it's just another job and he, yeah, yeah. And, he, and he fights it and it's it's a rough fight but he does triumph. Uh-huh. Um, but then all of a sudden they come back and suddenly they're no longer just another job. They yeah. are a really dangerous entity. Yeah. And yeah. I really, really dig that. Yeah. Um, also, I, I really like Hydras and anything that kind of calls yeah, back to that, those. I get that, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so that was probably my favorite mm-hmm. thing. Um, other than just Ron Perlman that, in That's general. my favorite thing is Ron Perlman in this movie. Like, he is so good. Like, he, is, he is. He's very fun to watch. Yeah. Ron Perlman's always a blast to watch in, like, any movie he shows up in. But when he's teamed up with Del Toro, like, he is just something else. Yeah, and, and when he is the main character, too. Yeah, yeah. Like, he's... He is very, very fun. So, uh, what was your least favorite thing about this movie? Um, <laughs> I'm gonna have to probably echo you on that, Liz. Yeah. Liz is just, like... She is so underserved. And I, I shouldn't say Liz in general, because I do like her yeah. as a character. But it's she's just underserved by the script. Her ha- yeah, the way they handled her. Yeah, it's um, it's really unfortunate. Yeah, it it really really is. And also, I think she gets better characterization in the sequel. It's been forever since I've seen the sequel. I've definitely seen the first movie more than than Golden Army. But sure, but I, I think Golden Army is a little highly re- more regarded than this movie. Is it really? Yeah. Okay. I don't know. Like I said, I've I've only seen both of these movies once yeah, each, yeah. and I can't even remember when. So yeah. Um. So we'll have to check that out at some point. Yeah, yeah, we'll put that on the docket sometime. Yep. But anything else you wanted to talk about? No, I just I figured that'd be a good kind of wrap up thing for yeah, when we're doing this. Yeah, I like that idea. Let's let's keep that truck moving. Yeah. So, um, all right then, we'll Chris. We'll cut to our music, and when we come back, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna do a crunch. You're gonna crunch something. Oh boy, here I come. Welcome back to the crunch. Yeah, let's crunch up a. So you made a you made a tiefling. You made a, a you no, made a tiefling like, barbarian, right? <laughs> it would have been very easy to do Hellboy as like the main thing here. But one thing I didn't want to fight Hellboy. I want to be Hellboy's friend. <laughs> Same with no, Abe Sapien. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and Liz, like I, I don't, I well, won't fight them. I want to be their well, friends. Well, see the problem. The problem with things like that is for the crunch like and I've, i know that other people do that where they uh-huh. make npcs just uh-huh. whole hog that people can take and slot in which is cool and all and we might eventually do 
But that's not what I had envisioned for Creature right. we Crunch. Want, we want something to rump us with. And that's what Hellboy is. Hellboy is a... He's a PC. <laughs> he's a tiefling... Yeah, he's a PC. He's a tiefling barbarian PC. Yeah. Maybe with a level or two in fighter. I don't right, know. Right, right. Or, or hell, maybe even one in warlock. I yeah. mean, but... That's what he is. Exactly, so exactly. So you can't, you can't really crunch him. So He doesn't really have power so much as he is just a big dude with a gun. Yeah, like, he's super strong. Yeah, yeah. That's it. So while I could have done that, I didn't. Um, what I did do is uh, I crunched Cronin. When you when you mentioned that you didn't do uh, Samael, uh-huh. Cronin was the one that I, I figured you'd go the, for. The Samael I figured would just kind of be a slot variant in a lot of ways. And I think there's a lot we could do with there, um, and that's probably what we'll end up doing for Kibbles. I yeah, absolutely. Uh, I I wanted to do uh, Cronin because I had some cool ideas for him. Cool. Let's. Well, I'm I'm excited. I haven't looked over this. So yeah. Let's see it. So we've got the uh, Antikytherian assassin. Okay. Um, you may be wondering where the hell that word came from. I am I am wondering where that word came from. Okay. It comes from the oldest clockwork device we have record of. Oh, I just, okay. Once again, to get the name, I just Googled clockwork and started reading the Wikipedia entry. And it was like, the Etika Theory device is, was a device uh, made in like 65 BC. Jeez. And it's like the oldest clockwork device that we, we have record of. That's, okay, cool. So I was I like, okay, Etika Theory and Assassin. I like it, okay. Yeah. Uh, he is a medium undead construct. Okay, cool, cool. Usually neutral evil. <laughs> okay. Uh, AC of 16, uh, average of 110 hit points, and speed of 30 feet. In terms of stats, we got a strength plus 4, a dex of plus 4, econ of plus 4. Okay, dang, okay. Uh, Intelligence minus 2, wisdom plus 0, and charisma minus 3 because he is an ugly, ugly Nazi. (laughs) And and, and everybody knows the the only thing more unlovable than a Nazi is an ugly Nazi. (laughs) Without eyelids or lips. <laughs> Very ugly Nazi. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> Crazy masochistic into self-mutilation Nazi. Okay. Uh, damage immunities. We have the standard construction immunities. Uh, lightning, poison, bludgeoning, slashing, and uh, piercing from non-magical attacks that aren't adamantine. Okay. Uh, condition immunities. Uh, charmed, exhausted, frightened, paralyzed, petrified, and poisoned. Uh, Jesus. Those okay. are just standard... Construct immunity. Sure. Uh, passive perception of 10. Languages understands comma but can't speak it because he lacks lips. <laughs> Challenge rating of... Uh, <laughs> Challenge who knows some XP. Yeah. I've I, given up. <laughs> I see that. And you've got skills listed after his challenge rating. Yeah, I forgot where they went. <laughs> uh, but for skills, we have a stealth of plus 7 because, my God, that dude's sneaky. Yeah, he is. I almost gave him uh, expertise in that for double proficiency. <laughs> I ended up not doing that because I thought plus I, seven was enough. Seven is enough. Yeah. yeah. Um. He's got for his first ability here, Clockwork Resilience. Keep that in your brain. I'm not going to go over it until after I do his other ones because that's kind of the finisher. Oh, okay. Uh, he's got Immutable Form, uh, which means he is immune to any spell or effect that would alter his form. That's a normal uh, construct, construct thing. Yep. Magical Resistance. Same he has thing. advantage on saving throws against spells and other magical effects. Mm-hmm. Magic Weapons. Uh, his weapon attacks are magical. Sure. And then uh, the only one that of these that wasn't standard is Impenetrable Defense, which is one I made up. The Assassin gains plus two AC against non-magical ranged attacks. Because he can block bullets with his fucking knives. Fair. Um, the... Oh, 
Okay, I, I, I just want to point out that uh-huh. uh, you have him, he gets a plus two AC against non-magical ranged attacks, uh-huh. but even if he gets hit by those ranged attacks, he's going to not Correct. take damage anyway. Correct. So, okay. So it's it's more of a, a surprise to the player. It's yeah, like, yeah. oh man, he's really hard to hit. And then when they do finally hit him, it's like, oh, it didn't matter anyway. Correct. Okay. Uh, and then his other ability is Clockwork Resilience. Every time the assassin is reduced to zero HP in combat, it immediately gains one tick, and you roll 1d6. If you roll a number equal to or greater than the number of ticks the assassin has, it regains 77, or 60, 10 plus 44 HP, stands upright if it is prone, moves up to half of its speed, provoking no attacks of opportunity, and then can immediately make one butcher attack for each tick it has as a reaction. Whoa! That's... Oh, whoa! Okay, that's crazy. Yeah. Oh, man. So this thing just becomes more and more dangerous to fight as you... Oh, that's cool. If it gets back up, yeah. It has to get back up because after that first one, there's a chance it won't. Right. That's cool. I like that. Yeah. You can tell I come from designing... Like, I was designing magic cards background. Right, (laughs) right. Kind of where I went here. Uh, He's got multi-attack, and the assassin makes a number of butcher attacks equal to its ticks plus one. Okay. So he starts out just making one attack. Yeah. And the second time he gets up, he can make two attacks. Oh, wow. And just gets more and more attacks as he gets knocked down until eventually he can't get up. That's cool. I like this guy. Yep. Uh, His butcher is a melee weapon attack, plus seven to hit, reach of five feet, one target, uh, 3d10 plus four piercing damage. Not a whole lot of flash there, but... That's going to do some, some yes, significant damage. That's why I did not know what to challenge rating this dude. Oh, Because it's a lot. Man. Um, I would probably challenge him at about 8 or so. That's kind of where I'm feeling. Yeah, yeah, he, he's a tough bastard. I'm going to put that in just so okay. I remember. Okay. All right. That's cool. I really like this guy. He's He is neat. I, I've been really wanting to do traits for for our monsters that are way out of the norm for like because i'm so tired of making like okay here's just a guy who fights you and doesn't do anything and like there's ways you can get around that like uh you can give them legendary um actions so that they get more attacks against a bigger party and stuff like that uh i just really dug this sort of thing where it, it it's something that uh, raw D&D does not do. Yeah. Like, this sort of ability has not appeared to my knowledge. No, definitely not. And it just makes him more and more dangerous to fight as yeah. long as he can getting up. And I can only imagine how how your players would react if you sprung this on them. Uh-huh. It's like they're fighting this kind of rough guy to actually hit. They're, uh-huh. they're like hit, trying to hit him with arrows at first. And, and it's he's like, just oh, ting, man. Ting, ting, yeah, him. it's like, oh, man, he's got some really and high AC. And then they finally hit him, and it's just like, oh, it doesn't matter. And, yeah. and the, you get that you get that first oh, shit moment. Yeah. And then after they do finally figure out how to take him down, and they're just, okay, I search the body. And then it's just suddenly he just sits Loops, back up. sits up and jumps to his feet and just, like, launches into a... Yeah, and it's like, oh, geez, okay. he was Oh, he was undead. That makes sense. Undead yeah. fortitude, etc. And then they take him down a second time, and then whoop, he gets back up again and is even worse to fight like yeah yeah the escalation here is really really cool he, he, i wanted him to feel like a resident evil monster i i think you accomplished like this. where he's like a reoccurring monster who will just stalk you until like you get out of his area or you are <laughs> dead <laughs> no i dig it that's cool that's cool so and i wanted something that w- that may have like pose an actual challenge to to players to fight because like i know so many monsters just go down like no matter how cool you make them they just go down like a chump 
Right. And this dude is going to be a nasty fight no matter what. Yeah. Well, I mean, just by... Because in my experience, I can't speak for other DMs, mm-hmm. but in my experience, yeah, absolutely. You, you want... You've got the cool big monster that you uh-huh. want the players to fight. But if there's only one of them and they roll low on initiative, they're going to get annihilated yeah, before yeah. you even get a turn and get able to do something cool. Especially if you've Where, got some sort of control player like a bard who can fear right. monsters so that they just like get buffaloed into a corner the entire time and can't do anything. Right. But with this guy, it's not only does it the um, this ability for him to get back up, not only does that kind of help mitigate... When the players do just uh-huh. just curb stomp him, but then he gets free attacks every time he gets up, so he actually does. No matter how bad the rolls are, he will still get to attack. Yeah, and as a DM, I appreciate that. Yeah, yeah. So and like even if they blast him with magic, he can still move up to fifteen feet and hit something. Right. So I dig him. I I think that's really really cool. There's something here and. Um, he, I mean, he obviously needs to be tested. Oh, yeah, I got no idea how this would actually work in play. <laughs> but um, <laughs> on paper, I think it, I think it, it's very effective. Mm-hmm. I love that. Awesome. So I'm glad. All right. Well, um, so that's kind of it for this episode. Yep. Uh, so next week is our last week for Mayomo del Toro. Yep. Um, it is my week. What better movie to cover than one of um both of our favorites? Uh-huh. Uh, we're going to be doing Pacific Rim. Yeah, this is one of the big ones. This has um, been an exhausting month. It has been an exhausting month. Yes. <laughs> this is I, why we don't do weekly episodes. Yeah, we cannot I cannot do this. I had pitched doing weekly episodes a while ago, and I'm... No. This is why we cannot do that. No, you're <laughs> we right. We do not have the stamina. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, uh, thank you so much for listening, as always. We do really appreciate it. Uh, feel free to reach out to us. Uh, you can email us at uh, creaturecrunchpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, or tweet at us on Twitter at CreatureCrunch. Um, join our Patreon, patreon.com slash CreatureCrunch, uh, to get some bonus content, our Critter Kibbles episodes, uh, Chris, uh, at least right now, uh, maybe early access to... Um, comics Crunch, which is where we do Creature Crunch, but for weird comic shit. Yep. Um, and then maybe even others, some, some other fun things that we've got. Some, we've got plans. We've got some plans, so... Uh, do join us for those because it would be really nice for uh, somebody other than just Chris to be listening to these. Hooray! <laughs> Chris. I pay Matt four seventy five a month <laughs> to listen to my voice. <laughs> and get us that one crucial download. Yep. Um, but uh, if you want to utilize any of these monsters for yourself, uh, you can find the stat blocks. Uh, there's a link in the description. Um, you can also uh, find most of them... Uh, on uh, D&D Beyond under my old uh, handle, which is the underscore best underscore disguise. Um, Except for the uh, cooktail turkey, because that is the <laughs> unseen servant. Yeah, the living unseen servant. Too similar to the cooktail turkey. Too similar. So you're just going to have to uh, use, the, use is, the living unseen servant or get the stat block from our folder. Whatever. Is, God, that's funny. <laughs> that will never not be funny. It's pretty good. <laughs> But, um, and then if you do use them, let us know. Yeah, for sure. So we, Especially this dude. I want to know if this guy actually functions. <laughs> <laughs> Did I fuck up bad enough that I made a monster who does not work? I don't know. <laughs> we'll see. Um, but yeah, uh, other than that, uh, you can always get a hold of us individually. Chris, where can we find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at the library C, that's C-E-E. And I've been kind of quiet lately because everything's sad. <laughs> And uh, you can find me on Twitter. Uh, I am at under... Where are you, Matt? I don't fucking know. We can't talk today! 
I am. Uh, you can find me at Abigs. <laughs> <laughs> I am uh, <laughs> at Danny underscore Hamsteak. Um, and we will see you guys next week. What do you-